0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching, and unfortunately, not with us today. And I know that'll disappoint a lot of you as our marketing director, one of our other coaches, and all-around guru when it comes to this stuff, Jen Waybor, who is a little under the weather today, so she is going to uh, watch this from aside. Uh, Listen to it from a side, and she'll probably critique me later. Um, But we do have a really cool guest for you guys today, somebody that we have not had on the show for so long that it was back in the days when we were using a completely different platform to do our show. But a number of you who uh, follow us and participate with us, attend our conferences, so on and so forth, will recognize our guest, Brad
1: Friedman. Hi, Brad. Hi, Brad hi adam how are you today
0: good long time no see it has been hours hours uh yeah that's about right uh we can go ahead and divulge to our audience i guess that we uh caught the basketball game we'll call it the heat basketball game last night because the nuggets really didn't do their uh thing but um i want you to know despite the off-camera chatter despite the Offline chatter, I don't really blame you for the Nuggets losing. Could have been me. I I just uh, am disappointed, uh, to say the least. I think we need
1: to blame the officiating.
0: It was pretty bad. Yeah, It was pretty bad. All right, so enough about that. Um, Let's certainly talk about you and your background, and we'll bring our uh, audience up to speed. I'll bet uh, there are a lot of people who haven't seen the previous episode that you did with us however many years ago or haven't had the opportunity to see you at Social Media Day or the Mile High Mastermind or these kinds of things, and we can certainly get into that some more. But you've got a pretty interesting background uh you're here local to us in denver and by educational lawyer and by trade far
1: superior absolutely
0: well give us a little bit about brad friedman and the digital slice and tell us what you're up to these days
1: all right so yes uh i did practice law for about 16 years um And I realized that after practicing for 16 years, if I didn't have it down by then, uh, it was time to call it a day. Uh, I got a little burned out, so I left that and I actually went and ran a nonprofit, a foundation for about eight years, which I like to tell people was uh, like having a little boutique estate planning practice where I didn't have to worry about my billable hours anymore. um and that was lovely um i enjoyed that a lot that was a great that was a great job then i decided that uh i wasn't going to live forever and i ought to do something that i really enjoyed so i started a digital marketing agency and uh my goal was to work mainly with people that had challenges using the internet because of regulations So all the people I'd worked with before, lawyers and doctors and accountants and CPAs and wealth managers and all those people who had regulations that was keeping them off the Internet. I wanted to use some of my legal background to help those people take advantage of the Internet as well as business owners and uh, anybody that wanted to generate revenue. I wanted to I wanted to help. And so I've been doing that now for the last 13 years. Uh, over that time, I've written two books and I have a, a podcast called the Digital Slice Podcast. And that's pretty much it. I've been uh, shifting my work the last year and a half to doing a lot of coaching of business owners who want to take their marketing to the next level or have somebody on their staff that needs a little coaching and i've been doing a lot of that in the last yeah year and a half too so all right well that's pretty much me
0: that's pretty much you our audience obviously fits into that realm pretty dramatically and you already know that because we've had you yeah create content for our events or speak at our events and those kinds of things but the vast majority of the just the tips audience is mortgage originators licensed and real estate agents licensed facing all kinds of regulation and rules and laws and guidelines right. that probably have it a little easier. There's probably a little less restriction on what they can do versus, say, attorneys, financial planners, those kinds of things. That's really a a, a sensitive uh, group to be doing bold things in social media in the interwebs that kind of thing yeah i think that it is ridiculously relevant and obviously the symbiosis there is fitting it's uh right up your alley as it were are you dealing with people uh, don't include me are you dealing with people that are in the mortgage space or in the real estate space right now
1: uh right now no i am not time. You
0: have in the past, we know.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: We've had some uh, interagency coordination with some of these people over the years. Um, What do you think is probably some of the biggest challenge? What are some of the biggest challenges for people that are in regulated industries wanting to promote themselves do lead gen, do prospecting, these kinds of things through social media?
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest challenge really is um, getting your content seen. Uh, You know, a lot of people, for a lot of people, they claim the challenge is creating the content. Um, And then to that, uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy because um, if anybody were to really sit down and think about it, they have a ton of content. Um, I like to tell people to think like, uh, like me looking at your business, I have no idea about your business, at least not like you do. Um, And I think a lot of business owners take it for granted that everybody knows what they do and how the sausage is made. And that's not the case. And you all have a, a ton of a ton of content there. Um, but once you put it out there, I think the biggest challenge really is getting people to see it. Um, so do you have to pay to play? Uh, do you have to put out a ton of content until the algorithm picks you up? Um, there's all kinds of tactics to use, but that's really, that's really a challenge today. I think
0: uh, there. there's some really valuable information in there. Um, and I think. Jen and I would probably want to say first and foremost, you probably don't have to pay to play. It's going to depend on who you are, what your business is, and what platform we're talking about, because they're all a little different. The algorithms are all different. How do we manipulate those? How do we improve our edge rank? And I've got so many people that I've been dealing with as of late that certainly don't understand it, despite me telling them over and over and over how to do this, how to create content that people are going to be interested in, that their audience is going to be interested in, how to be constant and consistent about it. And I don't think it's a matter of, and again, depending upon the business, depending upon the platform, I don't think it's a matter of people having to just push and push and push and put so much freaking content out there that they're actually losing audience, not gaining audience. I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. I think it's also important to understand that all of us, those of us that are alive for the most part, well, maybe not my grandmother, but um, <laughs> everybody from you know the boomers on down, we've been somebody's target audience since birth and we're sick of it. People are really interested in the who you are more than the what you do. The what you do should be fairly easy. Marketing 101 type of stuff, sales and marketing 101. And your audience probably isn't short on understanding what it is you do. They're probably really short on understanding who you are, what kind of person you are, what are you into? Are these people that you're capturing, are these people that you're building a degree of no, like, and trust with in order to improve that sales cycle, in order to improve your process, whatever it is your business does? And I think that's escaping a lot of people the authenticity the transparency, and certainly the constancy and consistency. And when I say that, I don't expect for somebody to be posting like, hopefully we all know, you don't post to Facebook more than every couple of hours. That's going to impact, adversely impact your edge rank. It's going to adversely impact the algorithm. But that doesn't mean you have to post 12 times a day. Maybe you only post once a day. Maybe you only post once a week. But are you constant and consistent about it? That kind of thing, I think, is escaping an awful lot of people today when it comes to social media. I think those, and you and I talked last night about this uh, writing I've got uh, being published as we speak. And we describe the four keys, authenticity and transparency being two of them, constancy and consistency being the others. And I think when it comes to social media, when it comes to the Internet in general and how people in these licensed professions are approaching it, I think that's where we're missing the boat.
1: Yeah, I couldn't I, I agree. agree.
0: I don't think it's the content.
1: Right. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and you know, the regular and consistent piece is sometimes challenging. And, you know, people always say to me, Well, what does that mean? What is regular and consistent? And I'll go, I say, Well, what is that to you? Is it once a day? Is it once a week? Is it once a month? And you know, I don't really care what it is. But whatever you tell me it is, I'm going to check. So if it's once a week, you better have 52 posts at the at the end of the year. And a lot of people see that if they post a little more, they get a little better reaction. Um, and so once you get regular and consistent, sometimes that increases. But the other thing you said about the uh, we want to know who you are and what you're about, I mean, that could not be more true. And I've found over and over again that sort of the the behind the scenes videos are the ones that get the most traction. The 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 B-roll the the B-roll totally. the the pictures of me um with my granddaughter get way more traction than my posts about my podcast or my latest blog post or or, you know, things like that. And people do, they want to know who they're doing business with. So, I mean, you might see this pillow behind me, the H2H, the human to human marketing methodology uh, created by my friend, Brian Kramer. And that's really what it is, but they want to know who that human is and, you know, what you're all about. What are your values? What what are you trying to do in the world? Um, it, it's important to people today.
0: Well, and I think that it's important to know that there's a gap to be bridged. And it's not that big a gap. Yes, people love babies. <laughs> even when they're related to Brad. Even. We we're we're gonna let that slide for They're a
1: minute. not holding that against her.
0: Correct. Um and puppies and mm. nostalgia. And if you're looking to gain simple social media traction and interaction, then yeah, those three boxes you can tick off all the live long day. Puppies, babies, and nostalgia. We eat that shit up with a spoon. We do. But do we then have the knowledge, have the understanding, have the path mapped on how to take advantage of those kinds of things when we're really interacting well when we're getting a lot of traction out of Facebook or Insta or TikTok or Twitter, Um, I think we'll put Insta in a different category because it's so much more B2B than B2C. Um, But do we know how to build on that? Do we know how to take advantage of that improvement in our edge rank, in the algorithm, and use it to leverage the next bit of content and the next bit of content? And then every now and then, do we kind of get to springboard some more business-related content because we've been so good and so personal and so personable with our individual content, with our personal content, with the who we are, not the what we do. And I think that part of it is escaping, well, pretty much everybody who <laughs> is small business, medium business, looking to build that reputation looking to establish that degree of know, like, and trust in order to ease their sales process, their transaction process. And that next step really escapes them.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it really is. I mean, even doing simple things like, um, taking advantage of something that's related to your business and is in the news today Mm. um is you know some people call that newsjacking some people just say we're taking advantage of a nice situation but being able to to relate to current events and to how those affect uh something that's going on in your business is a great way to get attention um right after you've posted that picture of you and your puppy or or, or whatever. There, there's all kinds of ways that we can get content out there today, and it's just so important that we're that we're churning it out as often as we can, and that we're doing it um, in a personal, authentic, human to human kind of way. Uh, it's it, that's the only way. I mean, like you said, it's not necessary in most instances to pay to play if you're if you're posting regularly and consistently and you're posting in your own voice uh with your own values and your your core mission and uh, a real personal personable kind of way for sure Agreed.
0: And I think we're probably talking about a lot of people, a lot of small businesses, even medium businesses that aren't going to compete on that level anyway. You're, you're throwing money in mm. social media is something that we've gotten into a space here where really big corporations are doing. And until you're ready to start throwing money at your marketing, your lead gen, your prospecting in terms of what like McDonald's is doing or Walmart is doing or Pepsi mm. is doing, or Facebook itself is doing. Then you've got to find better strategies. Um, until you're ready to throw millions a month, you're really swimming in a pool that isn't going to help you by blowing dollars.
1: Well, I mean, the other thing to consider—I mean, sometimes it's not a bad idea to throw a hundred bucks into an awareness campaign. Yeah. Um, it's it's having the mindset in your in in your own mind as to. What is, what is my goal? What's my, and not at the end, you know, complaining about your ROI, which is what I have clients all the time. What's my ROI on that? And well, you know, you got 77,000, you know, impressions. So you had a lot of awareness. There's some value to that. Sure. Um, I think
0: it's even more complicated than that. And hang on because I'm going to reveal just a little tidbit to our audience. Uh, Shortly after we're done with this podcast, uh, on Mondays, we distribute our video blog, The Weekly Little Tip. And it probably gets distributed to, oh gosh, at this point, I don't know, 100 different Facebook groups since we're using Facebook as an example. And we used to get a lot of friction from the Facebook bots about posting the same content in so many groups in such a redundant, repetitive manner. Until we started throwing 20 bucks a week at Facebook for it. (laughs) So when we promote it and 20 bucks, isn't really buying us any promotion, but now for some reason, the algorithm, the bots that are basically running Facebook, that's obviously been different since the inception of the pandemic. We don't have any friction. We don't have any resistance. We don't get any Mm -hmm. warnings. Hey, you know, you, this is, you're, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to be put in Facebook jail as the, Uh, users tend to describe it as just by throwing Mm -hmm. a little bit of cash at meta right so i think there are all kinds of things that will enable you to carry a lot further than the dollar itself will actually carry you by tinkering with that algorithm as a user okay wait and i want to go back because i love this term newsjacking i think that that is really a great term and i don't I, I don't look at it as newsjacking because we want to be relevant. Right. We, if, if our businesses happen to align with what's going on in internet searches, in social media searches, and I think it's important for everybody to understand that social media platforms are becoming the biggest search engines. I think we saw recently where TikTok is flirting with Google, for example as the number one search engine. Or maybe it was TikTok was flirting with YouTube as the number two search engine. Something to that effect. But Jen would have a grip on that better than I would, but we won't make her uh, reveal those details to us Um, in her current condition anyway. (laughs) All right, so I think the term newsjacking is really kind of fascinating because I don't know, 10 years ago when I was looking for content that would be entertaining, Again, puppies, babies, nostalgia, this kind of thing. Give people some insight as to how twisted my mind is. My sense of humor is warped as it is. I really started focusing on how rock jocks do it. Because those guys have to basically newsjack, as you put it. Yes. They have to fill that airtime. It's not strictly rock and roll. It's not just their playlist. They literally have to be able to fill gaps talk to their audience, interact with their co-host. If it's a, uh, you know, a Winston and Mel kind of thing. For those of you that aren't local, they are the uh, morning show on, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the oldies station. At least it, I know it's the oldies station. And it was when I was a kid. They were playing, you know, Beatles and Motown. And now they're playing 80s and because now I'm just old. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and Jed did comment. Yes, TikTok was accessed more in 2022 than Google for searches. TikTok actually surpassed Google as a search engine last year. Crazy. So when we take all that, we kind of roll it up into a ball. The kinds of things that we need to know about when it comes to what to post and when to post and when to jack news is important stuff.
1: Oh, absolutely. And some would say that many of those searches in 2022 on TikTok was the Chinese government. No, no search. Oh, no. Could be. Sorry. sorry, just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, especially in your industry, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you don't take advantage of the news about interest rates, you're missing something because people are searching for that on social media, they want to know because people are buying and selling houses and the like. And so if you're not taking advantage of certain news cycles, you really are missing an opportunity to put out relevant content and to do it with your own spin. So telling me that the interest rates went up 0.5 or whatever is nice, but telling me that that's going to change my payment by $500. And here's what I can do to help you with that is different than just sharing the news. So we need to be putting out that kind of content, but we need to be putting our spin on it so that people know how you're going to help solve their problem.
0: Oh, now we're talking about integrating social media and our content with the mentality that we sell by solving problems. Oh, Versus these big companies that sell by manipulation.
1: Absolutely. Because okay. you sell you sell to solve my problem. Right. I mean, and getting that through to uh, a lot of business owners sometimes is challenging because they think they have the greatest product in the world. They might. And they might, but only if it solves my problem am I going to buy it.
0: And the flip side is sales by manipulation. There is never ever a world ever where McDonald's fries are gonna solve my problem.
1: Well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> McDonald's on how hungry you are. but
0: McDonald's runs ads, TV, print, radio, interweb, whatever. And when they do, you can smell those fries. Mm. That's sales by manipulation. But yes. I promise you, never is uh, there's never a world where McDonald's fries are going to solve my problem.
1: You're right. right. You're right.
0: So, yeah, we've got to do that in a different manner when we're talking about selling, promoting, prospecting, doing lead gen work through these kinds of methods, through these kinds of platforms. And for those of you uh, watching or listening live or in syndication, we're talking about a really wide array of things you can be doing. I mean, we happen to talk a lot about social media. We happen to be drilling that down a lot to meta. We happen to be talking about copy, graphics, video, on and on. I mean, there are so many different ways to do this, but know in general terms that you sell by solving problems. That's how your product gets to your clients, to your customers. So whatever methodology, whatever platform you're going to do that with, Remember, that's the goal. You want to help people. This is old Zig Ziglar shit, right? Help as many people as you can, get what they want, and you're going to get what you want. So, yeah, hopefully there's some value in that.
1: Yeah, you know, interesting that you mentioned Zig Ziglar uh, a few weeks ago on my podcast. I interviewed um, the uh, attorney for the Zig Ziglar organization who... Um, back in the day, I, I was a big Zig Ziglar fan, and I asked him some questions about whether they still had the pump on stage all the yeah. time. And he said, absolutely. He's touched that pump. He's primed the pump many He's times. He's primed the pump. Yep. It was it an was interesting talk. But, yeah, this talk about um, solving problems is really an important thing to to understand that that's really what we're doing in business. We hope. We hope. The other thing that you said that that people ought to pay attention to is the mix of what we're doing, whether it's social media, email marketing. I mean, there's lots of things that we can be doing to get our content out. And that mix is very important too. We don't wanna have um, all our eggs in one basket. And we don't wanna, even in social media, just be on facebook and not on linkedin or instagram or all three um because one of the things about social media that's say different from our website is we don't own anything on those platforms and we are at the the whim of whoever clicks that button and changes the format of our business page or takes away our ability to post uh text and only post videos or whatever they're going to do next. Uh, we have no control over that. So having a very strong website where we have to, where we send people to see all of our content, um, is also really important because we don't own the property that we inhabit on these social platforms.
0: We agree. We refer to that as building on rented land. Yes. And we, we don't want to do that in reality. Um, Facebook could be gone tomorrow. If you have spent all of your time, effort, money on building your profile on Facebook and it disappeared tomorrow, where would you be? And I I don't think that that's realistic. Don't get me wrong. Facebook's not going anywhere. Zuckerberg wants to rule the world. He's not going to eliminate one of the biggest channels that he has to do that. One of the biggest pipelines that he has to do that. But, Um, And uh, since Jen's not on with us technically this morning, I'm going to regale this tale because uh, she wanted to slit my throat. Uh, (laughs) But some years ago, I think it was early in the pandemic, I shot a video of a, uh, a lump of bread dough kneading in my bread machine. And the bots at Facebook flagged it as inappropriate. And I was in Facebook jail for 30 days.
1: Wow.
0: Now, when we've built a lot of our business acumen on Facebook, 30 days is a death sentence. That's not a short-term jail sentence. Losing that kind of traction in your profile, in your edge rank, in the algorithm over 30 days is a big deal. And that is a prime example of what could happen when we build on rented land. So yeah, you've got to go through all of this, guys, with the understanding that all of the acumen, all of the effort, all of the really finite exercise that you're putting into any particular campaign, any particular platform, whether, again, whether it's copy or graphic or video, you've got to be cognizant of the fact that it could be gone tomorrow. So yeah, I do think that not building on rented land is a really important uh, piece of that puzzle, and uh, to Facebook, if you're listening, because you probably are, you guys already know when I go to the bathroom, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even put into words how sophisticated that algorithm is. It literally knows when you're going to the bathroom, your online behavior patterns are different. It knows, trust me, it knows <laughs> when you're going to the bathroom. So, it probably is listening right now. And hey, uh, Facebook, I swear to god, it was just bread, it was bread dough. In the bread machine, really not inappropriate. Granted, it did it did look a little inappropriate, but did it. Uh, I'm not going to get into great detail. But yeah, it, it it I could see where a bot would pick that up and think that it was inappropriate. All right, Jen, I see your message here, and yes, I know we've uh, run out of time because we do that on every episode. So let's get Bradley back on the books for another episode. And if I'm not mistaken, Bradley, you're going to participate a bit in a couple of these events that we've got coming up. You're going to uh, sit on our AI AI panels. Is that right? That's right. You're going to chat with us a little bit or our audiences at these events about AI and where that is going. And maybe we'll uh, get a little more on that with your next episode, because we'll have you back for another sequel here. And you guys are going to have to forgive me because I'm going to try and do my very best to be Jen, who usually wraps up our shows here and says, use our text code. If you're watching, it's on the bottom of the screen. If you're listening to the podcast, text TIPS to 63566, and it'll piggyback all kinds of stuff, including where to get tickets for Social Media Day Denver, for the Mile High Mastermind. Uh, That's in September. And shout out to both. Metropolitan State University and the University of Denver, respectively, for hosting and partnering with us on those events. And uh, there's probably all kinds of other data that comes back from that text code, but I'm going to draw a blank because that's why Jen is the marketing director and Adam is just the pretty face. Yeah. You right. Can you imagine how horrible we are when Adam's the pretty face? All right. So, Bradley, thank you. I am uh, glad that you were able to do this. I am glad that I was able to see you last night. It had been a minute. I am really sorry about the uh, Denver Nuggets outcome there, but I guess in reality, you can't win them all.
1: You can't, but thank you very much for today and for last night. I, I enjoyed it.
0: Good. And give us a just a little bit on how our audience can find you.
1: Uh, well, the best place would be to go to my website, which is or and or look for the Digital Slice podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcast.
0: Cool. Yeah, I guess I should have mentioned that as well, because I know that um, Jen would normally say, you can catch episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage. <laughs> on Apple and Spotify and Amazon podcasts. And I don't know what else she would want me to tell our audience. So I'm probably going to wrap it up there before I tell them things that she wouldn't want me to.
1: It's a good idea.
0: All right. Well, those of you that are watching or listening live or in syndication, you can catch us here live on Mondays at 1030 in the morning, 1030 mountain time. And you can use that text code to get past episodes to get past. Uh, the weekly little tip, our weekly blog, just a quick sales tip on something you can be doing to improve your business. And uh, Bradley, thanks. I know carving out this kind of time on a Monday morning is not easy Ah. and we'll do it again
1: soon. Thank you very much. You bet.
0: All right, Jen, take us out.